Hey, beloveds. This is Of Course I'm Analyzing You, where I discuss my love of ancient and modern self-help tools in the context of 8th and 12th house issues. I'm your MC, Sheena Lotus. I'm an astrologer specializing in psychological astrology. I help students like yourself understand and evolve placements in their charts. If you're interested in learning the full scope of my Woe House of Expertise, check out my Patreon under the name Sheena Lotus. Happy holidays to all of you listening. I hope they're filled with an abundance of joy, love, and wealth. The great conjunction that happened between Jupiter and Aquarius and Saturn and Aquarius on the 21st was so amazing to watch. As a kid, before I got into astrology, I was really, 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 really into astronomy. And so it was amazing to watch the conjunction happen. I currently don't have a telescope. I probably need to invest in that soon. But I did watch it through the Night Sky app, which is one of my favorite apps. But man, I was disappointed that I didn't receive any superpowers. But if I did, though, the world would not be ready. I'm telling y'all, they would not be ready. My powers would be a hybrid between Storms, Jean Grey's, Magneto's, Wolverine's, Deadpool's, a Thunder Kitsune's, Aware Jaguars, and the Avatars all rolled up into one. The world would not be ready for my excellence and my brilliance and all of the chaoticness that I would bring being a superhero. But in all seriousness, in the last episode, I discussed one of the associations of the fourth house, family dynamics. This episode, I want to talk about fourth house synastry experiences when our IC is underdeveloped. Synastry is the method of comparing two or more charts, whether natal charts, solar return charts, or composite charts. By overlapping the charts, we're able to see where the planets in one chart falls in another and vice versa. This method makes it easy to find the inter-aspects, which are the aspects between the planets and the axis of one chart to another. Synastry charts are great for identifying and understanding the conscious and subconscious relationship dynamics between people, no matter the nature of the relationship. Synastry charts are one of my favorite charts to interpret. Personally, when I first start dating and I get the person's uh, date of birth, time of birth, and where they're born, which is usually really easy for me to get. I don't know why, just from some of the people that I date, I always get that information really easy from them. And they are never like, why do you need that information? That's weird. But once I get that information, I cast um, a synastry chart and I begin interpreting the chart to get insight on how we relate. I honestly do it to find something tangible to validate my intuition because true to my Virgo Venus, I intuitively know within the first five to 10 minutes of meeting someone if I'm going to pursue a relationship with them. I mean, I know what I like and I'm really wrong about that. So (laughs) before we get into the meat of this episode's topic, I want to expand more about the representations of the fourth house and the IC. As a reminder, the IC is the lowest point in a birth chart, and it's exactly opposite the midheaven. The IC is one of the areas of greatest vulnerability and intimacy in a chart. Just like the fourth house, the IC represents our maternal ancestry, family dynamics, 
the atmosphere and decor of our home environment, our experience of our mother figure, our private lives, and to a certain extent, the quality of mothering we received, and so many other things. However, I'm only focusing on the representation, the mothering we received, more specifically, the mother face, mother as home base. An author and licensed therapist, Jasmine Corey's The Emotionally Absent Mother, A Guide to Self-Healing and Getting the Love You Missed, she outlines the many faces of the archetype, the good mother. Each face represents a role that a mother fulfills or a psychological function that is important to a child's development. These faces aren't limited to biological mothers. They can be fulfilled by any caregiver. The 10 faces of the good mother are mother as source, mother as place of attachment, mother as first responder, mother as modulator, mother as nurturer, mother as mirror, mother as cheerleader, mother as mentor, mother as protector, and finally, mother as home base. By us reflecting on how well our mother figure fulfilled these roles, we better understand the imprint that he, she, they have on our psyche and gain greater insight into our beliefs, feelings, and behaviors. You know, the Cogby formula. (laughs) Next week on my Patreon, I will be posting my correlations between each good mother face and the moon signs with the explanation of each function. The psychological function of the good mother face, mother as home base, is to provide us a permanent place for refueling, comfort, and support. Between five months to 24 months, children go through a development period called separation individuation, which consists of four substages. One of the substages, reproachment, is when a child is first separating from mother venturing into the world, but yet going back and forth, returning to mother for psychological refueling. When we go through harsh life experiences, such as heartbreak, divorce, we expect to always turn to our mother, whoever that may be for us. I think it's a universal experience that when our feelings are hurt or we're in immense pain, we yearn and cry out for our mother figure. Our mother is our first home base which is subsequently later replaced by whatever we identify as home, be it community, country, a place, even sometimes a person. When our mother fulfills this role, it conveys the important message that he, she, they are here for us and that we can depend on he, she, they, and they are a consistent present presence in our life. We don't have to worry about he, she, or they disappearing. However, when our mother figure doesn't fulfill this function by being occupied, inconsistent, self-absorbed, he, she, they are erratic, unstable, and unable to be emotionally present for us. We don't experience him, her, or them as home base, which causes us difficulty establishing a sense of home in our adulthood. Here's some self-reflection questions directly from the book to sit with. Is your mother figure where you turn for comfort and refueling? If not, do you think he, she, they would be there for you if you did? Do you remember he, she, they being there for you at all? What attitudes come up in response to question number two? Pay attention to your inner voices. They might say, why would I turn to him, her, or them? Or I wish I could turn to him, her, or them. 
Time the good mother face, mother as home base to each I see. To get a general understanding of what you identify as home or familiar, look at the keywords and characteristics of the sign of your IC. But what we find familiar isn't necessarily healthy or in the best interest of our emotional well-being and growth sometimes. If we have an unevolved IC, we will feel drawn to partners with inner planets that would be the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, and Mars, and the same sign as our IC. Generally, because of a strong sense of familiarity felt with this overlay, we may share our family and emotional issues pretty soon with our partners because we feel so comfortable being with them. They just feel like family to us. Because we're sharing a lot of our private matters very early in the relationship, it can create feelings of intensity that we perceive as intimacy felt between the two of us. We may feel like we've found our one true soulmate because we bared our soul and our wounds and they haven't abandoned us after seeing our ugly. This experience is mostly true when a person's moon falls in our fourth house or is conjunct our IC by five degrees or less. The moon represents the mothering we experienced, our emotional self, instinctual responses, and unconscious behaviors. With this overlay, we may subconsciously expect our partner to fulfill the mother face as mother is home base. This expectation is inappropriate and unrealistic for our partner to fulfill, which sabotages the relationship pretty early. Also, because we don't have a strong sense of home, we may exhibit clinginess and shunning behavior in the relationship once we start developing intimacy with our partner, revealing our underlying abandonment issues from our mother figure not being consistently present and available to us. With this overlay, there can also be a lot of boundary issues. To be clear, these descriptions are not descriptions of a healthy relationship. With our partner's son, which is their vitality, energy, and ego in our fourth house, they're able to see our mothering issues and family issues and the impact that it has on us emotionally and psychologically very clearly, even if we are not consciously aware of these issues. If we're in denial of our emotional issues, we may experience our partner as evasive anytime they try to bring up addressing some of these fourth house topics. We might also be easily triggered by them and react defensively as well. When our partner's Mercury, which is their communication style and rational mind, is in our fourth house, it can have a similar effect as having a person's son in your fourth house. Our partner has a strong desire to help us become more aware or work out our fourth house issues by verbal or written communication. This is a great overlay for a therapist or counselor client relationship. When our partner's Venus, which is our values, the way we relate socially, our self-esteem and love language is in our fourth house, it can have similar effects as having our partner's moon in our fourth house, but less intense. We still have the expectation for our partner to mother us and our partner may oblige with this expectation but they oblige out of a familiar sense of being undermothered, meaning that they share the same wounds as us. And because 
no one was there to step in to mother them. They feel that if they're able to be that for somebody else who has similar issues, it will heal them in some way, which is not accurate. Now, if our partner is Mars, which represents our willpower, drive, and sexuality is in our fourth house, we may feel that they force us to address our family and mother issues, although we're not ready to heal. It's possible that we may have fights with our partner that mirror fights that we either witnessed or were a part of growing up in our family households. No matter the planet, if your IC is unevolved and your partner's inner planets that are in the same sign as your IC are also unevolved, this overlay can be triggering and uncomfortable for the both of you. However, because it is your partner's planets that are coming into your fourth house, most likely you will feel more of this experience than your partner. You want to make sure to check for planets that square oppose or in conjunct your IC to determine if your IC is unevolved. You want to do the same for your partner's planets that are falling in your fourth house or conjunct your IC. The purpose of fourth house synastry is to help us become aware and address our fourth house issues. The synastry is a catalyst for healing holes in our emotional and psychological foundation. How the catalyst will happen will depend on the archetypal energies of our partner's planets that are in our fourth house are aspecting our IC. Prior to my current journey of healing, evolution, self-discovery, and growth, I had a lot of romantic experiences with heavy fourth house synastry, which is especially difficult experiences to process given that my Venus falls in the eighth house. So all of my close relationships have this undercurrent or underlining dynamic of therapy. Like there's this therapeutic element to all of my relationships, whether it's close friendships or a romantic partner. And so having those dynamics along with the dynamics of the fourth house overlay, it was just so difficult to process. A lot of these romantic experiences taught me in the most painful way about my abandonment issues that I wasn't consciously aware of at the time. And it was just a lot of struggle of me thinking that, oh, it was my partner who abandoned me and this is why I feel this rage or this is why I feel this much sorrow. And it wasn't until I started going to therapy in 2015 that I realized there is no way that my partner could do anything that wounds me this this much to have this level of rage not with the type of relationships that I was having, especially because I was pretty young. Um, I had most of these romantic experiences with heavy fourth house industry when I was an undergrad. So that would be from like 18 to 22. And one thing that I learned in doing my self-work 
And it's in one of the books that I have. I'm not too sure if I'll be doing a book review on this book because it's not particularly one of my favorite self-help books. But the author talks about how adults cannot be abandoned. Only children can. Because children do not have the cognitive development or the development in general to be independent and take care of themselves. It's just, it's not, it's not possible, not in a healthy way. And she outlined in the book that as adults, we can have experiences that either trigger or recreate feelings of abandonment that were caused by an original trauma. And that was just so profound to me. And that has always stuck with me. Um, especially when I'm reflecting back about my fourth house synastry um, in romantic relationships. Now, in my platonic friendships or my platonic uh, relationships, a lot of my close friends, we have fourth house synastry. I immediately am able to sense when I meet someone um that we, I'm able to immediately sense that we have fourth house synastry because I immediately open up and I don't do that for everybody or I don't do that with everybody. And I know within the first five to 10 minutes of talking to them, if we're going to be close friends and I'm usually spot on about it. Like my close girlfriend, she has her uh, Taurus moon actually in my fourth house. I believe it's conjunct my IC my long-term friend, um, who I call him my best friend, he also has, I believe, his moon in my fourth house. And then I'm pretty sure with my other close friend, I have some of my inner planets in his fourth house. And like with all fourth house synastry or fourth house overlays, there is that strong sense of familiarity really, really early on. Um, And it's just, it's nice when we have a strong sense of self and we're able to set healthy boundaries because we can create um, this familiar bond with people that we are not blood related to. And these experiences or these relationships, especially the fourth house industry now where I'm at in my journey have been really beneficial. And I feel really blessed to have the familiar or family relationships with people that are not blood related because not everybody has those experiences and not everybody um, views family that way. So I feel really blessed uh, for the fourth house synastry experiences that I have now. Not back when, uh, but the ones that I have now. Um, Romantic relationships wise, I would say that I have progressed more to going from fourth house industry to eighth house industry and now 12th house. So it's so interesting um, to monitor our progressions, especially our ascendant and de- our progressed descendant and descendant to see how that affects um, the overall synastry 
that we sort of gravitate towards. That's just how I view it. I view that everyone gravitates to a certain type of synastry with the partner or overlay, depending on our rulers of the fifth house um, and our rulers of the seventh house and where they fall. If you guys are interested, I might be doing a episode about that. I am going to do a episode on eighth house synastry, uh, whether it be platonic relationships or romantic relationships. And then I will progress to 12th house ministry because 4th, 8th, and 12th house ministry are some of my favorite, 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 favorite ministries. Well, that wraps up this episode. I don't have a related archetype this week. However, if you are interested in buying or reading the books that I use to create today's episode, I will have the name of the books and the links to where to buy the books in the episode description. In the meantime, if you want to support my podcast or support my YouTube channel, or you're interested in learning more from me, go ahead and check out my Patreon under the name Sheena Lotus. And also you guys, if you really love the podcast, please make sure to leave a comment and rate my podcast either on um, Apple Podcast, or Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else my podcast is available. I hope everyone has a fantastic week and until next time.